section ninety nine of the inheritance by susan edmundstoon farrier this librivox recording is in the public domain volume three chapter twenty eight he whose mind is virtuous is alone of noble kind though poor in fortune of celestial race and he commits the crime who calls him base dryden but it was with difficulty gertrude could be brought to repeat to lindsay all that she had already recapitulated to delmore she had been under an excitement of mind to which everything had given way she had felt as though she were then about to cast the die for life or death and in the energy of desperation she had told all with the eloquence of feelings which mocked control but here there was no such stimulus and she shrank from repeating the hateful and ignominious detail of her disgrace it was throwing herself too much upon the sympathy and the commiseration of one on whom she had no claim one whom in the heyday of her prosperity she had treated with coldness and ingratitude and she leant her burning brow on her head and strove to steel herself against the kind and affectionate entreaties lindsay used to gain her confidence at length he gathered from her such particulars as enabled him to trace out the whole of the dark transaction which had involved her in ruin for a time his emotion kept him silent while gertrude sat with her elbows resting on a table and her face buried in her hands but lindsay was ever more intent on allaying the afflictions of others than in indulging his own feelings and he soon mastered his own agitation that he might be the better able to calm gertrude's but his voice faltered as he spoke dearest gertrude said he i know it will be in vain to talk of comfort to you in the first anguish of your mind but ah gertrude could you discern the hand that has thus smitten you could you look up to heaven and say it is my father's will i do cried gertrude in a low suffocating voice but alas the feeling burnt feebly in her breast and anything but this i could have borne but disgrace infamy her emotion choked her utterance no gertrude you are unjust to yourself unmindful of god if you attach such ideas of personal degradation to what has befallen you tis true you have no longer a title a vain empty title or wealth to spend perhaps to satiety but how much nobler a being are you now thus dignified by voluntary self-abasement and rich in all the native gifts of your creator than ever you were or would have been as the mere favoured child of this world ah gertrude dear gertrude could you but view yourself with my eyes to have been an impostor an usurper exclaimed she how perverse sorrow has made you gertrude you are neither you have been the victim of imposture but your own name is pure and spotless 
it is more to those who can appreciate virtue it will carry a nobler sound along with it than any that heraldry could have bestowed how poor is the boast of ancestry compared with that lofty sense of honour which has made you trample under foot all those allurements to which your soul still cleaves even in renouncing this is greatness who but you will judge me thus all who love virtue all who love you gertrude love me repeated she relapsing into an agony of grief oh who could love me base vile abject as i am gertrude cried lindsay in emotion almost equal to her own do you indeed ask who could love you but gertrude was silent for her thoughts were all of delmore lindsay's agitation increased you ask me who could love you gertrude he who has once loved you truly will love you still will love you more than ever i he stopped then took two or three turns about the room in great disorder while gertrude absorbed in grief and thinking only of his words as applied to her lover was little aware of what was passing in lindsay's generous heart in a few minutes he regained his usual calmness and approaching her took her hand and said gertrude you are unable to stand this storm which has come upon you you must retire to your own apartment and allow me to act for you i promise you that nothing shall provoke me to violence i promise you that i will bear everything oh you have borne too much already for me cried gertrude with a burst of weeping my best my only friend added she in a voice choked with emotion you will then look upon me as your friend as your guardian as your brother will you not gertrude such and all will i be to you so help me god gertrude could not speak but she pressed the hand which still held hers in grateful acknowledgment and relying on lindsay's promise as she knew she well might she at last consented that he should see her father alone and that she should await the result of the conference after seeing her mind somewhat strengthened and her spirits more composed lindsay then repaired to the library where he found lewiston vainly attempting to hide his rage by affecting to busy himself in coolly turning over the books while it was evident he was only exercising his fury upon them he took no notice of lindsay's entrance but went on tossing over the leaves of a splendid folio in a manner enough to have made a bibliopolist faint then began to whistle with an air of unconcern which however did not sit very easily upon him lindsay waited a few minutes in silence then said i have been hearing a strange tale sir from one have you so sir rudely interrupted lewiston looking at an engraving in the book as if deeply interested in it have you so and what then then i would have your account sir of the same story you would then i must trouble you sir to let me know what your story is in the first place that we may understand each other sir lindsay repeated what gertrude had communicated to him and added it is therefore in vain to attempt to carry on any farther concealment the truth must be proclaimed but for the sake of one whom hitherto i have only known as a dearly loved relative i would fain have it softened 
as confound her for an idiot exclaimed lewiston furiously as he hurled the book from him with violence and pushed over an inkstand then kicked back his chair and drove everything aside while he took two or three strides across the room biting his thumb in the manner of one who must have something no matter what on which to wreck his passion lindsay was too judicious to interrupt him disgusting as the spectacle of uncontrolled passion was for gertrude's sake he submitted to it in silence at length lewiston stopped and said abruptly has the fool blabbed to anybody else or are you her only father confessor i cannot tell whether the disclosure has been made known to any one else said lindsay for delmore's name had not been mentioned between them but it can signify little since it must soon be made public well she deserves to suffer for her confounded folly but you seem to have a liking for the girl fool as she is then as if communing with himself she is handsome very handsome i've seen nothing like her she'll make a figure in new jersey she'll go well off there lindsay tried to be calm even at the idea of the beautiful high-souled gertrude taken to america to be bartered sold by such a savage and said even if you are the person you give out it does not necessarily follow that this unfortunate lady must be compelled to reside with you why what's to become of her it is unnecessary to discuss that question at present but be assured she possesses friends whose influence and fortune neither of them inconsiderable will be devoted to her service that is to say you would marry her such as she is well as you seem to have a liking for her i'll tell you what if the thing has gone no farther and i don't think it has or t'other spark wouldn't have set off as he did why since you're fond of her i'll give my consent that you should have her upon condition that all's to be kept snug she'll come to her senses by and by and be sorry that she's played the fool this way and more than that if you'll agree to settle handsomely upon me i'll engage to go back to my own country which is the best after all and since we don't put up together let us keep on different sides of the atlantic what do you say to that sir i say you are a villain burst from lindsay's lips and i must have the most clear undeniable evidence that you are the person you profess to be before i will give credit to it i do not believe you are the father of gertrude and he fixed his eyes upon him as though he would have searched his very soul the blood rushed to lewiston's face and for some minutes he was silent then recovering himself he said in his usual manner i'm all you'll have for him though sir whether you believe it or not i'm jacob ruxton lewiston of perth hamboy new jersey and that you'll find if you'll be so good as to step over the way and inquire that may be but there may have been more jacob ruxton lewistons than one why haven't i got my wife's letter here taking out a pocket-book and holding it up with triumph haven't i the testimony of the priest who witnessed it and he is still alive too and forthcoming if wanted and who swore to her never to give it into any hand but her husband's and isn't there mrs st clair ready to swear to me when she comes to herself what the plague would you have sir all that is insufficient perhaps you judge by my looks i've wore well i grant you but i'm eight and thirty for all that married at nineteen the more fool nothing you can now say will have the slightest effect in removing my doubts said lindsay faith i care very little about it said lewiston with affected coolness you may keep your doubts and welcome for me 
that i shall certainly do till i have obtained better evidence than your own i will send a person on whose fidelity and prudence i can perfectly rely to the place from whence you say you came to procure proofs of your identity when he returns with these you may then claim your daughter but not till then i am her guardian and will be answerable for her safety here lewiston burst out in a strain of the coarsest invective and imprecations but lindsay remained calm and resolute and only said in these circumstances you must be aware this can be no residence for you you will do well therefore to prepare to leave it as soon as you can make your arrangements and if the means are wanting i am ready to furnish you with what is necessary he then left the room and hastened to gertrude who was waiting him in an agony of apprehension End of section 99